God bless you. Church, I pray you got your Bibles with you this morning. You can see we're going to be in the Gospel of John, chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 1 through 11 this morning. Title of the sermon, I tell you the truth, I am. I tell you the truth, I am. So I pray you've got your bulletin. Open up your sermon outline there this morning as we work through God's Word together this morning. You know, when Jesus was born, uh, uh, it was one of the most dividing times, not only in the Jewish history, but all of history, in all honesty. I want you to think about this. After the Magi didn't return to King Herod, the king ordered a massacre upon boys two and under in Bethlehem and in its vicinity. That's hard to digest, isn't it? Because it breaks our heart that innocent children perished. And when Jesus began to teach, when he began to preach, when he began performing his miracles that the eye couldn't believe, people began to ask, is he the Christ? Some people called him a prophet. Others stated that they believed he was possessed by a demon, while some just labeled him basically as a sinner. And when people began to talk about his hometown of Galilee, they doubted his lineage because nothing good could come from, from Nazareth. From the miraculous healings to feeding the thousands with crumbs to sharing the gospel with Samaritans from his own brothers not believing in him, Jesus didn't just create a division of time at his birth. But his life created a situation in which people were trying to figure out what was the, what was the truth. And as far as this country has come from its inception as a sovereign nation, in 1776, here we stand in the year 2021 watching and wondering where are we headed next. We're being influenced by some good intentions, bad intentions, and confusing intentions by people who are trying to take a stand for freedoms, for rights, for equality. Some of these people are genuine with hopes of, of peace and righting wrongs, while some of these people are looking for power, stirring the pot with manipulation. Why others seem to have a voice or voices that are filled with hate and with lack of thought. We seem to be standing at the forefront of who we are, what we believe, and whose side are we going to support. And while division may not be as apparent in our day-to-day -day lives here in rural Kentucky, all you have to do is jump on Facebook all you got to do is watch the daily news, open up Twitter, open up Instagram, and one will see that division is very, very real in our country. I believe personally we're at a pivotal point in our history, especially here in the United States as we try to figure out what is the best truth for me and what is the best truth for my family. So my intentions this morning has nothing to do with politics. But I pray the intentions of the Scripture will, will reveal to us that, that all that we do, 
And all that we support and what drives our actions comes through truth. And what is truth? What is truth? Well, in our scripture this morning, Jesus points out three truths that I believe all of us need to be reminded as we live, as we work, as we play and worship within a culture that seems to be searching for the truth now more than ever. So let's read John chapter 10, verses 1 through 11. Listen to the word of God. Jesus said, I tell you the what? I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. And the man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his what? Austin was talking about this very same thing earlier to the children. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And Jesus uses this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. And he goes on. He said, therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the what? The truth. I am. you got to love those two words. This resonates from the Old Testament. Amen. He says, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me, they were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. And whoever enters through me will be what? They'll be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his what? For his sheep. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you for another day of life, Lord. We thank you for another opportunity that we could come together as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, dear God. Father, we thank you for the music this morning that has opened our hearts and prepared us for the word. Lord, thank you that we've been able to come today and give of our, our gifts, Father God, and our tithes and our offerings, Lord. And Lord, we know that you will use those. Father, I ask right now that you would open up our ears, that you would open up our hearts, dear God, that we may not just listen to the word this morning, but Father, that the word would penetrate and it would pierce our hearts, Lord. Father, so many people, millions, are searching for the truth, and the truth is right in front of them, Lord. And so, Father, I, I pray this morning as you're already speaking to hearts, dear God. Lord, I pray this morning if there's people in here that are looking for the truth, that the truth will be revealed to them today. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for all you do. Lord, may we always stick to the truth, and we know that truth comes from you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said. Now folks, I'm going to share a few things with you this morning that may rumble your heart a little bit. But stick with me. In 1978, two years after I was born, the supposed I am Jesus was responsible for the death of over 
900 of his so-called followers from a consumption of a mixed drink that contained poison. Some died willingly. Some were forced into Jonestown, Guyana massacre. And his name was Jim Jones. Stay with me. In 1990, this former Russian traffic cop announced he was the son of God, in which he taught veganism, alien belief, and has been accused of embezzling his followers as well as falsely predicting the end of the world several times. Sergi Torop is his name. In 1993, one year before I graduated high school, in 1993, this man was claiming to be the son of God, was killed in a fire on his cult compound in Waco, Texas, in which this supposed son of God was accused of possessing illegal weapons, statutory rape, and child abuse. His name was David Koresh. In 2011, this man fired nine shots at the White House, because he believed he was Jesus and President Obama was the Antichrist. Oscar Romero Ortega's, Ortega Hernandez is serving 25 years in prison. Today, there's a so-called Philippine Jesus Christ who possesses millions of followers, millions of dollars, but has been accused of brainwashing, holding children against their will, and being accused of murder, but never charged, of course. And his name is Apollo Quiggleboy. Now maybe you're thinking, Brother Donnie, why in the world would you elaborate or mention people such as these when the gospel message is supposed to be about hope and peace and joy? And love. I mention these people because at one point in time, or even today, there are people that are putting their faith in people such as these. Men from all around the world proclaiming to be the I what? The I am. Men from all around the world that has caused confusion, guilt, calamity, death, false belief, and division. In chapter 9, the Jews and the Jewish spiritual leaders, they were in a state of division. They were trying to figure out if Jesus was the Christ or if a man that had been born blind was Jesus had healed, had just basically been faking his blindness. And here in chapter 10, Jesus continues addressing his Messiahship and Jesus explains three truths that all of us need to remember starting with number one. And this is where your sermon outline comes into play. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, I am the what? I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate for the sheep. Now note the words. Jesus says, I tell you the what? I tell you the truth. And this stresses the critical importance about what Jesus is to say. But what Jesus did mean was this. He said, I am the gate for the sheep. But what did he mean by this? What did Jesus mean? Well, in the days of Jesus, it was common knowledge that when the sheep returned to the fold at night after a day of grazing, the shepherd stood in the doorway of the pen and he inspected each of the sheep as they entered back in. He attended to their every 
wound, gave water to those that were thirsty, and after the sheep had been counted, after the sheep had been guarded to the gate to make sure nothing else entered into the pen. So here is the shepherd, and he is the gate. And he is watching every sheep that enters into this gate. He cared for their wounds. He cared for their needs. And what does this mean in terms of Jesus? Well, it means that Jesus is the way. It means that Jesus is the gate or he is the entrance into the sheepfold. And notice Jesus wasn't giving options. There weren't options. And if you think about it, that's exactly what we like. We love having 20 different places to go buy chicken. Amen? We love that. We love choices of entertainment. We love having unlimited flavors of colas. We love having unlimited places to go get coffee, ice cream, candy bars, cars, cell phones. We love options. You can go to Baskin-Robbins right after church today, and they've got, what, at least 31 flavors. Amen? We are a people that loves options. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with variety. I mean, variety is the spice of life, is it not? But according to Jesus in Scripture, and this is where some more points in your sermon outline come in, your first point there is Christ is the what? The only way. Christ is the only gate into the presence of God. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the what? And I am the life. And listen, Jesus did not stop at that. He said, no one comes to the Father except through who? Except through me. So let me ask you, what options do you have? You have what? You have one option. But not are you saying I cannot find salvation in anyone else? I am absolutely telling you beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is the Word of God, that it does not contain error, that it is true, and that it will be true from the time that Jesus comes back again. And Jesus says, not Donnie, not Cecilia Baptist, not the KBC, not the SBC, but Jesus said, I am the only what? I'm the only way. There's no other option for you. There's no other option for me. You can't get through the door. You cannot buy your way in. You can't get in the door by just being a good person. You can't get through the door because of your popularity. You cannot get through the door because of your wealth. So if we want Christ to be our door, if we want to be His sheep, we have to make a profession of what? Of faith. And it has to be put in who? In Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ alone. And notice what Jesus says in verse 8. He said, all who ever came before me were what? Thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not what? The sheep did not listen to them. David Koresh, Jim Jones... Just a few of these famous so-called cult leaders that promised their followers, they promised them life. They promised them blessings. Promised them wealth. They promised them fruitfulness. But all they got in return was murder, lies, deception, 
and lost in sin. That's what they got. Every year there seems to be some type of new religion. Church, have y'all noticed this? Every year there seems to be some type of, of, of new religion. There seems to be some type of new philosophy or ideology that claims to know the right way and the latest truth and knowledge. They, they claim to be the door into God's presence or into the presence of multi-gods. And even before Christ was born, the false messiahs were leading people astray, and Jesus called them what? He said they were thieves, and they were robbers. Thieves and robbers. And Jesus also said, many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ, and they will deceive what? They will deceive man. But here's the good news, and this is your next asterisk. Jesus said, but the sheep did not what? They did not listen. They did not listen to them. Now listen, it doesn't mean that we literally don't hear the voices. And their so-called new religions and their so-called new philosophies. But what it means is, is that we stick what it means is, is we stay glued, we stay committed, and we continue to draw close to God because we know that this gospel is the only truth. It's the only way. And it's the only life. We stay connected to the truth. We do not run. We do not bargain. You know, a lot of people will ask today, they'll say, Brother Donnie, what, what is wrong with the world? What is wrong with the church? And church, let me say this very lovingly. Part of the problem that we're having today in the world and part of the problem that we're having today in the church is that the church is no longer influencing the world, but the world is now trying to influence the church. And so we're giving in. We're caving in. We're changing the Bible. We're changing our bylaws. We're changing the cornerstone of what we believe and what we do. But if we want to love the world, then we got to show the world the truth. we got to tell the world the truth. That means we have to be prepared. That means we got to be prayed up. That means we got to be read up. That means that opportunities, we don't look at people in a mad mannerism. We don't tell them, no, 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 you're just a horrible person. We do it in love. We do it in truth. And how do we do it? We do it through God's what? We do it through God's word. And then scripture also reminds us of number two in your outline this morning is this. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be what? Still be saved. That is awesome news. Amen. This is the best news. This is the gospel. And he begins verse 9 by saying, whoever enters through me will be what? Save you, you can't enter through your parents. You can't enter through your grandparents. You can't enter through your neighbors. You can't enter through your uncles and your cousins. You can't enter through your, your friends. Jesus says you have to enter through who? Through him. And this is a common bumper sticker that we see on cars. My goodness, we see on banners. It's, it's at ball games. Anybody that watches the Super Bowl today, I, I bet if you look closely, you'll see a banner that says Jesus what? Jesus saves, or you'll see John 3 what? 
you'll see John 3.16. But what does it mean? What does it mean? See, the Jews thought they were already saved. Jesus, we, we know Moses. We don't know you. We've got the Mosaic Law. We've got the traditions. And they really thought that being religious was good enough. But Jesus told them, he said, no, 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 no. He said, you've got to be born what? You've got to be born again. So what does it mean? Whoever enters through the gate will be saved. Well, this is the next part on your handout. Are you ready? Number one, it means Jesus saves us from our what? Our sinfulness. Jesus saves us from our sinfulness. Ecclesiastes 7.20, the Bible says, Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and who never sins. I don't care how good of a person you are. You're going to what? You're going to mess up. You're, you're, you're going to sin. And people say, oh, no, well, no, I'm brother. That's Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of what? Of God. Every single one of us have sinned. We are born sinners. We're born sinners. We need something that's going to restore that. We need something that's going to save us from that. And so number two, it means Jesus saves us from separation from God. Or what we know is eternal punishment. Mark 16, 16 says, He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. Church, listen to me. And anybody that's listening at home, listen to me. Not making a confession of faith or putting it off, that's making a decision. Amen? Well, I'm young. I've still got time. Well, I'm in my 20s, I'm in my 30s, I'm in my 40s, I'm in my 50s, I'm in my 60s, I'm in my 70s. I've still got time to make a decision for Jesus Christ. Well, here's the truth. You've already made a decision. And the decision that you've made is, is I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait. And listen to me, sometimes that waiting may cost you eternity. We have no idea what's going to happen when we walk out these doors today. You have no idea what's going to happen when you get in that car today. We have no idea what's going to happen if we cross a road. Each day from life, there's a chance that we take. Amen? There's a chance. You know, everybody, we're caught up in this coronavirus. We're caught up with COVID-19. Well, Brother Donnie, I can't walk out my door. I can't do this. I can't live. I'm telling you, long before corona got here, every day you walked out that door, there was a chance you weren't coming back. There's no guarantees in this what? But there is guarantees in who? In Jesus Christ. Leroy Hazlip told me months and months ago, he said, Brother Donnie, I'm coming to church. If God takes me with coronavirus, he says, hallelujah, here I come. Now, some people may say, well, Brother Donnie, that's just stupid. That's just ignorant. That's just throwing shade. No, it's not. That's just a man that knew when God called him home, he was ready to run. He was ready to run. And then number three, it means Jesus saves us from who? How many times have you ever thanked Jesus? God, thank you for saving me from me. <laughs> have you ever done that? You ever had one of those days? You ever had one of those weeks? You ever had one of those months? Maybe it was a year. Lord, I pray it wasn't a decade. But have you ever had that time when you looked in the mirror and you said, Lord, thank you. 
for saving me from me. Philippians 3, 7, the Bible says, But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. A great contrast also takes place here in verse 10. Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that I may give them life. And not just any kind of life. He says, but I come to give them a life that's full. In John 8, 44, Jesus said this about Satan. Listen to these words about Satan. People say, well, Brother Donnie, Jesus never used words to, to call people or to put them down. or to, Well, listen to these words. Are you ready? Jesus said this about Satan. John 8, 44, he was a murderer from the beginning. A murderer. And he does not stand in truth because there's no truth in him. Jesus just called him a what? A liar. And whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar, and he's the father of what? Of lies. And here's what the father of lies is telling millions and millions of Americans and people around this world. You don't need Jesus to have an eternity. You don't need Jesus to make you what? To make you happy. You don't need Jesus for joy. You don't need Jesus for hope. You don't need Jesus for peace. You make your own what? Joy. You make your own peace. You make your own happiness. And then the older we get, we stop and we look and you know what? Well, Lord, I had happiness in this and then it decayed. I had happiness and joy in this and then it decayed. I had happiness and peace and joy in this and then all of it went, went away. So, Father, i got to jump from one thing to the next to try to keep creating some kind of what? Love, joy, peace, and hope in my life. And then you finally become a Christian and you realize... Jesus, you were right. All I ever really needed was who? Is you. But Satan tells me that I need the world. Satan tells me that I need the materialism. Satan tells me that I need the attention. Satan tells me that I need all of these things in the world if I'm going to be happy, if my wife and my marriage is going to be happy, if my children are going to be happy, if my family is going to be happy. I've got to have all of these things. Folks, the happiest people that I've ever been around in my life were those that were rich in Jesus Christ. That is just the truth. But Jesus says, I came that they may have life. This Greek word life emphasizes a fullness of life. Both essential and ethical, which belongs to God. Life real and genuine. A life active and vigorous, devoted to who? Devoted to God. People may look and say, well, you know, my goodness, he, you know, Brother Leroy, he, he was just always smiling and he was, <coughs> excuse me, he was he was just always happy, and he just always looked like he was full of joy. Well, where did that come from? Does anybody want to take a stab at it? Anybody want to take a stab at where his joy and his love came from? It came from Jesus Christ. It came from Jesus Christ, and you know what's so ironic, church, and I hope this hits you this morning. I see so many Christians 
walking the earth today and they look like they're as miserable as the day is long. Never smiling, never loving, never handshaking, never checking on nobody. It's just all about them and it's oh pitiful me and I don't know what is wrong with us, church. And then people see us and they think, well, if I wanted to be miserable, I don't have to go to church to do that. Amen? I can just be miserable at home. And so they've got to see something different in who? And that's what people saw in Leroy. That's what people get to see in us. And this life that Christ gives is abundant kind of life, which means it's superior, it's extraordinary, it's surpassing, it's uncommon. And the abundant life that Christ offers, it's not built on self-centeredness. Oh, no, 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 no. And it's not built on an accumulation of wealth or things, but the abundant life that Christ offers us is that we live every single day knowing that we have peace and knowing that we have security to understand that heaven, it's not some type of fictional paradise, but it's a place of eternal rejoicing in the presence of God. The best for us is yet to what? To come. The best for us is yet to come. And then lastly, Scripture reminds us of number three. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, I am the good shepherd. And what's the good shepherd do? Lays down his life. He lays down his life for the sheep. Now, shepherds in the days of Jesus, they weren't just caregivers of animals or stinky men that hang around and talk to sheep all day. Doesn't sound like much of a profession, does it? No, shepherds, shepherds were a major occupation in the days of Jesus, and they didn't just protect their flock, but they had a sacrificial attitude. Oftentimes I've heard people ask, well, why did the Son of God, why did Jesus want to die for people? Why did Jesus want to die for others when they spit in his face, when they denied him? And they put him on a cross to die. So I guess we need to know, why would Jesus Christ, why would he sacrifice? Now church, listen, we're on the road to Easter, amen? We're on the road to Easter. We're on the road to one of the, 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 the biggest Sundays in, in church of, of, of why we do the things that we do, why we love Jesus. And so we need to remember well, why would Jesus sacrifice himself for me? Well, this is in your asterisks as well this morning. The first one is this, because the creator loves the what? The creation. The creator loves the creation. If you've been here on Wednesday nights, we've been doing a new study through the book of Genesis. And I know some of you have, have been out a little bit on Wednesday night. It's been cold, been dark outside. I want to encourage you to get back, amen? You need Bible study. You need fellowship. You need prayer time with your brothers and your sisters in Christ. Jesus did this because the Creator loves the creation. John 1, 3 says, through Him all things were what? All things were made. The second asterisk is this, because Jesus wanted to be our what? He wanted to be our example. 1 John three sixteen. this is how we know what love is. Jesus laid His life down for us, and we are to lay our lives down for our brothers. Jesus wanted to show us how to love each what? Jesus wanted to show us how to be servants and how sacrificial we should be in our giving. I'm never going to forget, we talked about Brother Leroy this morning in, in our Sunday school class. 
and, and, and our Sunday school teacher, Professor Michael Brackett. Yes, sir. You're, he is good, by the way. He said, I want to give everybody just a, a minute or two to talk about what Leroy meant to you. And I'm going to tell you guys, the first time that I went to this man's home, the first time I went to his home, went in and shook his hand, we sat down, we talked about the church, talked about what God had done in our lives. And I go to leave, and this man hugs me twice before I ever get out of the door. Love you, brother. Love you, brother. And I'm sitting there thinking and asking myself, how does he love me when he doesn't even know me yet? But isn't that what Jesus does? Isn't that what Jesus is? Jesus loves us through our mess, through our breakdowns, to our mistakes. He loves us through all of those. And that last asterisk, why would Jesus sacrifice himself? Because Jesus wanted to set us what? He wanted to set us free. 1 Corinthians 15, 56 through 57, the Bible says the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I have ran into a lot of people that can't have victory in Jesus because they're so attached to the failures of their past. And they let their past keep them from having a present and a future with Jesus. And they say, there's no way that Jesus would ever love me. There's no way that Jesus would ever forgive me. And I'm reminded what Paul said. He told Timothy, I believe, he said, I was the worst of what? I was the worst of sinners. Christian artist Phil Wickham in his song, This is Amazing Grace. Brother Honey, it says it this way. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love that you would take my place and that you would bear my cross. You lay down your life that I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for, for me. Church, we may be living in a time of division, but let's not be confused on who Jesus is. Amen? You don't have to be confused on who Jesus is. People need to see Jesus in us. And I'm a firm believer that when Jesus is the cornerstone of our faith, division turns into peace, division turns into opportunity to evangelize, and division gives us a chance to share our testimony. This blind man that Jesus healed in chapter 9, he looked at the divided Pharisees and he repeatedly told them how Jesus had healed his blindness and he said this, he said this, he said, do you want to become his disciple too? Let me ask you this morning, are you ready for this? Is Jesus your I am? Is Jesus your Lord and your Savior? Have you ever come and confessed him? And put your faith and put your trust in Jesus Christ. And maybe there's some of you this morning, you've already done that, but you know right now your, your faith and your walk with God is, is, is hurting. 
Maybe it's weak. And you know it. But only you can do something about it. And so this morning, as, as, as Billy comes and, and we sing and we have this time of invitation, I ask you this morning, do you know the truth? Has the truth set you free? And are you really thankful for all that Jesus has done for you? So this morning, as we sing, this is your, your opportunity. This is your invitation. This, this altar is yours. Will you come? Will you pray this morning? Let's stand.